Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles, and today I'm speaking with Jordan. Today's interview is a little bit different than what we've done before. Jordan's uh, got a very unique perspective on the hobby, and he actually has a a job where he is a NFL agent for different NFL players. So we have kind of a unique perspective today, and he's got a whole bunch of unique, diverse stuff. So it's going to be a fun one. So Jordan, why don't you start us off? Tell us about yourself and how you got back into the hobby. Yeah, sounds good, Josh. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so I started collecting. Uh, initially in 1994 so i'm from a city called eau claire wisconsin and uh, it's about 90 miles from minneapolis so uh, as a kid you know growing up brett Favre was the dude and so 1994 came around and uh, my parents they offered to buy me cards if i would carry the groceries so (laughs) this was the first Favre card i ever got it was the 94 score but um you know being a kid as you know you're super impressionable i was nine years old in 94 and and uh, you're watching sports, baseball, basketball, football have really been my bread and butter. You know, Jordan and Penny and Shaq, Sean Kemp and Grant Hill, those guys. Uh, Jason Kidd is one of my favorites ever. And then on the baseball side, Griffey and Frank Thomas, Cal Ripken. I mean, those guys were all incredible. Derek Jeter, A-Rod, uh, McGuire in 98 was incredible. Um, but yeah, 94, Marshall Falk was, was a rookie and man, he was a sexy player and uh, looked great in the uniform and, and Favre was in Wisconsin. He just taken over for the Packers. So, uh, Favre was a catalyst. And, and in 1995, I met Brett Favre at a signing and a store opening and it was crazy. And then in school, I did every project against, uh, about the Packers and football and, um, just kind of started this obsession. And then in 97, my sixth grade teacher and her husband brought me to a Packer game. So it was, uh, it was pretty wild. Nice. But uh, from yeah, and I think from there, you know, just started collecting. It was Grant Hill, it was uh, Jason Kidd, it was you know guys like MJ, which you know you remember the forty-five cards were were crazy. Uh, my friend Andy, <laughs> my friend Andy had the Jordan uh, ninety-three, ninety-four refractor, which was just impossible for me at that point. Um, yeah. You know, and then of course you had uh, the forty-five refractor. I mean, these are cards I just could never get as a kid. So. Um, just continued to collect and again like being in wisconsin <laughs> nice that's a beauty you got the you got the uh you got the rookie right oh of course. i didn't bring it with me but i have it yeah yeah so you know so that was a, a big a great era i think it's the best era of cards shack um shack rookies and uh, all those guys but Favre, it was Favre, falk barry sanders uh jerry rice you know a lot of those guys uh like i said on the baseball side griffey uh, this was kind of the card of of desire you know couldn't get that um no chance to get that but now have i think i have 50 of those <laughs> which is uh, obnoxious but um you know we'll get into that a little later but uh, i collected until 2000 so um you know 96 i was big on eddie george 97 uh, work done really like running backs for some reason um terrell owens randy moss in 98 even though i'm a packer fan which is wild um and then peyton manning i actually was a big fan of ryan leaf i still am um, he's kind of turned his life around, but that's an obscure one. But uh, Peyton Manning and those guys in 99, Edger and James, Donovan McNabb, uh, Ricky Williams. And then, um, you know, again, McGuire and Sosa were red hot in baseball. So uh, that home run race really uh, attracted me. And the 85 tops, McGuire was just like everybody, kind of a, a wild card to, to see. Yeah, so why don't you get into then uh, where you're at currently with collecting, what, what you collect now and what where your focus is? Yeah, so I, I was out of collecting from 2000. I do I found a stack of about 15 Tom Brady rookies when I got back into it because they were just pretty common back then, and I hadn't touched my cards for 15 years or 14 years. And so I dove back in and found a bunch of those, and it was kind of a catalyst to look at what I actually had. And I had a lot of common, just basic stuff. But the crazy story about how I got back into the hobby is 2014, 13, 14, I moved to New York at the end of 13, and... Um, moved to Queens and I bought a, a couple old boxes of just junk wax on eBay. Uh, it was like 94, 95, something just, you know, so I could just like have beers with my buddies and rip carts, you know, just cause. <laughs> yeah. And, um, the guy I bought them from had a bunch of boxes listed on eBay and I was like, I wonder where this guy got these. So we ended up meeting up. I said, I bought two boxes for like 40 bucks or something. And we met up and I said, where did you get these? Did you have a shop or something? You have a bunch of boxes. Uh, and he said, he's a mailman and he was, he hesitantly met up, you know, like it's kind of a weird thing these days, the internet, but we met up and he, um, he said he's a mailman and, and everybody in his neighborhood knows that he loves sports. And so he got a call one day 
that there was a bunch of sports stuff in a dumpster. And so he went over to the dumpster and there were 600 unopened boxes of wax boxes. Holy shit. <laughs> so 90, it was pretty much 90 early to mid 90s. So you didn't get into the, the metal stuff. Imagine if that would have been the case. But right. um, and so he had these the shelves. I eventually I got to know him a little better and then eventually uh, went and saw his kind of collection and we're actually cool now and and it's like crazy how the hobby brings people together we'll watch football once in a while and stuff like that but um he he had all these unopened wax boxes in his basement and i went down and there's shelves and i was like dude if i bought a bunch of these what could we do and we eventually built rapport and he gave them to me for like six bucks a piece wow and i bought like just a crate i mean and they were going for 20 30 40 bucks on ebay um but i just wanted them to to pull and that kind of was a, a catalyst to get back into it and to really I mean, ripping packs with friends was very nostalgic, and uh, I mean, that's kind of what got me back in, and I was pulling, like, Farves and Griffies and some of these cards, and I'm like, man, I just, to, to feel that getting out of a pack, I never had that when I was a kid. I never pulled anything good when I was a kid. I just had a lot of junk, um, and buying singles is different than getting something in a pack, you know, but, yeah. but that was just, that's what got me back in. So pulling the commons from those boxes got you sort of excited into the base cards and where you're at now? Yeah, or or you would pull an insert and you'd be like, oh man, and then right. you'd look that up and you'd see other things. And um, you know, even basketball wasn't crazy at the time. You know, LeBron still was, but some of these cards, like I'll show you, I showed you a little before, they weren't going for what they are now. I mean, even now they're triple than what they were in like even 2015. Some of these kind of rare cards. Um, but yeah, I mean, Farves. I started picking up old Farves, and I'll just show you some of the the older cards that kind of got me into the hobby that I started picking back up. You know, I showed you the the 94 score some of these uh just beautiful cards but they were very cheap right and but still like really well designed you know the sp 95 was really great i remember the terrell davis rookie in that set but like some of these cards that you just don't see anymore you know really just awesome cartoons and characters and and then some of these inserts you know pay dirt which is great that's cool i like i have the red of this and and you know it's pretty rare this the story from when I was a kid is my my uh, the dream team here. My mom, I was at a card shop in '96, and the guy, you know, Favre was in the middle of his back-to-back-to-back MVP run, and the guy said, "We're buying any Favre for full book, full Beckett book." And I had a, like hundreds of Favres, and I called my mom. I said, "Hey, can you can you come through and like bring my Favres?" And so she did. And when she got there, I opened the box, and they were they were all messed up. I was like, what happened? She goes, oh, I dropped them in the snow. Oh. And I was I was devastated. Like, the cards were ruined, completely ruined. And, uh, of course, the guy didn't want to buy them, so I went home, and I, I, I definitely cried. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was devastating. But, um, but, you know, a lot of the cards, and that's probably now why I picked a lot of these back up, but, right. like, some of these ultra inserts were just incredible, and even some of these, like, playoff, you know, these just really wild. You know, Hobby Masters is one of the coolest sets I've always thought. Um, but even like Mr. Momentum, I mean, some of these are, these are literally like a dollar or two. Um, and then some of the refractors that I've always enjoyed refractors and you know, Bowman was, was, uh, Bowman's best was great. You know, these, I think I'm sure you know, I have, basketball a, I have a Todd Gurley of that one. Like oh, the, nice. Like the remake right. series. Yeah. But I mean, these are cards that like the mirror gold. I mean, they oh, don't, sick. it's just insane. But like I, I told you a little earlier too, these like pinnacle, zenith i mean those sets were just crazy this one too i mean these are like these are just really wild designs that were so ahead of their time yeah and um you know and then on the basketball side like i said i mean you get you get these like really wild inserts that we just don't see anymore um so yeah i mean that's like as you know when you get when you get back into this it's it's a slippery slope and yep. it is it can be dangerous um because you start picking up cards that you know you you only dreamt of as a kid i mean these are things that you just as a kid like four hundred dollars is absurd to to spend on a card you know and so um i've come back in hot and and as i've done that um you know we've connected uh you and i and a lot of other people and you know guys like grant and uh, even nat you know these guys are same love you know same love of the hobby and and it's something that um the money doesn't even matter it's just these were we all have the same connection to a lot of this cardboard you know Right. So now I want you to talk about your career and how, you know, you, you actually like working directly with these pro athletes, which is an interesting perspective. So I'd love to hear, you know, what you do for a living. So go into that a little bit and then how, how that relates to your collecting hobby and, and maybe like what they think of it. Sure. So 
I actually was, uh, as a kid, you know, just kind of a hustler, right? So I was buying and selling football cards, and then I got into mowing lawns. Uh, one of my good friends, we were his name's Ron, we were collecting as kids, and um, they ended up leaving town, and, and I inherited their lawn mowing business, and I had like 26 lawn mowing clients as a 12-year-old kid. It was just wild. <laughs> And, um, and it was great because then I could use that money from lawn mowing to buy cards. And I eventually started buying sneakers. I could never really afford sneakers uh, too much as a kid. Um, I did have the Sean Kemp Kamikazes in 95, though, which were pretty sick, you know, like 60 bucks at Kohl's or something, right? right. Um, and then that evolved to buying and selling sneakers in college. And then from there, uh, I parlayed that into a job at East Bay. And I'm sure you remember East Bay Catalog. Uh, so I worked in East Bay in marketing, which is in Wausau, Wisconsin, which is 90 miles from my hometown. Wow. And they really didn't know what I was going to do there, but I came in and started working with pro athletes and sneakers. Uh, that's how I, my collection got up to be like 650 pairs of sneakers, which is just obnoxious. But, um, I, you know, I mean, once you're hoarding, whether it's cardboard or sneakers, right. you're in trouble. Right. Um, but anyway, so I started working with a bunch of pro athletes, was very fortunate to work with, um, you know, JJ Watt, Calvin Johnson, Kevin Durant, even MJ and Kobe. And, um, you know, just as I worked with these guys, I started meeting their agents. And so, um, in 2012, I ended up leaving East Bay 2013. I started working with an agency where we started, I started doing marketing projects for them. Uh, and then I got certified as an NFL agent in, uh, 2016 at the end of 16, I recruited my first class in 17 and now I'm entering my second year as an agent. So, uh, I also work in marketing at a media company in New York as well. So um, just around athletes through the, the company I work with, uh, have met Alan Iverson and Penny Hardaway and uh, your guy and, um, you know, Dwayne Wade and a lot of these guys that, you know, you grew up watching and they're now actually similar to our age, you know, which is yeah. crazy. Like almost every pro athlete is like younger than us, which is, which is wild. Um, but as I went down that path, you know, I realized like I think I bring a unique skill set and, and a unique perspective because a lot of these agents are just trying to get deals done. Whereas, you know, we I knew how much it meant when I met Brett Favre. So now uh, I represent a kicker from the Kansas City Chiefs named Harrison Butker actually designed his card. Nice. My friend Steph and I designed it. So uh, shout out to Steph. But like really cool to like have met Favre and then now you design your own player's rookie card, you know, and the impact he's had on these kids is exactly what I had with Far, right? So to pay that forward is really interesting and, and cool, kind of full circle. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the career path, I just, I've tried other jobs and other things and it just, it doesn't pull at me like sports. Um, and so I think it's, it, you know, you have to chase what you enjoy, right? And, and we talk about that in the hobby of just buying what you love. And I'm the same way in life, doing what you love and surrounding yourself with people that understand that. Right. Um, so yeah, I've been very lucky. I mean, just as an agent and, and otherwise, like I work with over 150 pro athletes at East Bay um, and definitely a, a wild kind of ride. And my collection is actually signed sneakers. So I, I have a lot of cards, but I also have signed shoes from uh, I only get the shoes if I've met them. So uh, I'll tell you the story about KD in a minute. But um, I have KD and um, Jordan and Shaq and Penny and Sean Kemp, Barry Sanders um, still need some guys like Griffey and and Kobe and some of those guys, but um, yeah, I've really enjoyed that process too. You know, because it's it's able to combine my love of memorabilia, but also you know if I meet them, I only want the autograph if I actually meet them. Right, that's awesome. So t tell me more about the sneaker collection. You, you had you're hinting at it a little bit, but is how does that play in with your with your card collection? And is it is it similar? Like, what's the game there? Um, so for, for me, it was always, I couldn't afford shoes as a kid. So I just wanted like cool sneakers. I still only probably wear about five to 10 sneakers. I just kind of rotate them, but I have a lot of collectible sneakers. Uh, I give a lot of sneakers away. Um, started a football camp in my hometown a couple years ago. Uh, I've been giving away sneakers to some of those kids. Just imagine being a kid and you get a free pair of shoes. Like it, you're baffled. You just don't understand why it's happening. So I've been right. fortunate to, ha to have relationships with brands that have given us some shoes. Uh, I like to give away a lot of shoes. Um, the, the autograph sneakers is very much like cards. Cards and sneakers are actually very close. You know, back in the day, it was card shops and card shows and big collectors and dealers and a sneaker shop, uh, card shops. And now it's like sneaker shops and sneaker shows. There's like, um, I work with the, the guys at SneakerCon and there's like 15,000 dudes that come to a show. You know, it's just a big buying and selling. It's like the national for sneakers. Um, so they're very parallel, you know, and there's some that are more rare than others. I think um, 
you know, I look at sneakers and it's like cards. I don't need every expensive card. I just, when I see it and it kind of sings to you, that's when you buy it. Yeah. Um, but I, it started with like wanting autograph shoes was I met KD and got a shoe signed and I was like, well, I'm going to be meeting these guys. So then I met Iverson and I met some of these other guys and I got it signed and I was like, well, you know, it's kind of a cool souvenir and, and not just a selfie or a photo, but to actually be able to have something that kind of tells a story. And, and I know I'm babbling on here, but I think cards and they really define kind of different moments of your life, right? You're just kind of, for me, like some of these farves, having some of these farves that, you know, I could only dream of as a kid were really just, you know, both jerseys, you know, it's just, it's pretty wild that back in the day they were so unattainable. Um, but now, you know, it, your collection is kind of a reflection of how far you've come, yep. you know, and you're really able to see the evolution of your taste and the evolution of, you know, what you're buying, why you're buying it. I mean, I can connect a lot of these cards to actual moments where I was like, I was so pumped when I was getting it. And there's something very nerdy that we go through of like these bubble mailers showing up and these oh, yeah. are grown men just waiting for like manila envelopes, you know, very weird. Did you watch Brendan's uh, interview? He, he talked about a Did. similar thing where he's saying like, you know, if he died or whatever, and someone saw his collection, they could know who he was just by looking at his cards, right? It's like a museum of your life almost. It's true, and it's cool you mentioned that because, I mean, I've watched all the episodes, and I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for everybody who's come on, and everybody, I ran into Sam at a card show, which is super cool, and, and um, you know, great kid, and, and the hobby's in good hands if we have kids like him, you know, and uh, the, the key for me, I think, is to pay it forward, and to find ways to get kids to fall in love with it, just like we did with Penny or Favre, yep. and I actually have thought a lot about, you know, the legacy play, and, and what are you doing, I'm sure you, you know, you have a three-year-old son, and you'll teach him to be a collector whether he likes it or not. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but beyond that, you know, I've thought like, would it be cool to, I would love to, to meet Favre again and talk to him and, you know, and, and I'm sure he doesn't know a ton about the cards, but you know, to go through that, I think it'd be really interesting. And then also I've thought about, you know, some of my collection, I, I'll probably donate to the Packers. You know, I have a friend that works there and, and I've connected with a lot of different teams. So I think it, it's a profound thing to share these stories and, you know, my story of meeting Favre and then becoming an agent and pursuing this career and then collecting all these cards. Imagine if some imagine if you you curated a penny collection for the Orlando Magic. I mean, no one's going to do it better, you know, and I feel like that's kind of uh, I'm a huge fan of of things kind of finding their rightful home. Um, so, you know, so that's like for me, I'm thinking longer term, of course, when I have kids, I think I will give some of these cards to the kids. But I also think it would be fun to donate some of these to to Brett Favre's estate or to the Packers or to the Packer Hall of Fame. Uh, because for me to go through this journey and then maybe go to the Packer Hall of Fame and see my cards, or maybe curated by me and some other Favre fans, which would probably be a lot more fun, uh, would be pretty special. you know. And that's, uh, that's something that I think is, um, is important to look at the long-term play, because we all selfishly collect a lot of these amazing cards, but what is the end goal, you know? And um, which is why I'm writing this book, right? Is to leave something behind that uh, as well. Yeah, I think um, you know, there's a lot more to the card hobby than just the cardboard and the money and the you know the flipping and stuff. There's that's kind of you know why I made the channel. There's there's like the community side of it, and then there's like the nostalgia. There's the you know the friendships, and there's a, there's a whole other side to it that a lot of the guests that I brought on talked about it, and you're talking about it now. So that's really what I you know it's like kind of the point of the channel is getting behind the stories and showing off you know, how, how we all came to be based on our, our collecting hobbies, right? Well, and I give you a lot of credit, you know, that's, you're a catalyst for us all to, you know, think about how we're presenting our collection, how sure. we're talking about our story. Um, but more importantly, you're, you're kind of unearthing a lot of people that maybe wouldn't have, you know, connected otherwise. And I mean, this is profound and deep, but in life, it's really about connection and just experience. And so, you know, it'd be awesome for us all to connect at the national in Chicago and kind of keep talking and, and that's the thing. You've started a conversation and you've been a catalyst for guys like Nat and Grant who, you know, sit behind a keyboard, but now they have a chance to, to tell their story. And it's it, it, the stuff is really important and it's very compelling. Um, and, and it's also been really fun to see the growth, you know, for the show and for, like you said, you've gotten more access just because of the exposure. Um, but that's what social media does. It exposes, you know, your your hobbies and your likes and your dislikes. I mean, but like you said on your episode with with Michael, I mean, everything's been positive and and for me there's there's nothing bad that can come out of this really sure. all right i want to hear about this book 
You haven't, yeah, told, me, so you haven't told me much. Like I haven't. I have been kind of coy um, about it. Well, so as I started collecting, I thought, you know, what is the what is the mission here? Because you could sit and just collect all day, and I look at your penny collection. I'm like, man, what are you going to do with that? Because if you don't <laughs> capture that in the right way. You know, again, like when you're dead and gone, what ha- what is that story? So you have to capture it and leave it behind. And, sure. and I'm going to challenge everybody to do that. Um, I saw Richard Branson on uh, he was he did a podcast and and he said um, Tim Ferriss asked him he said tell me about this book and he said well I really think everyone should write a book you know and it's not just to sell it it's really to leave it behind for your friends or your family and to help people understand who you are what you are why you are. Uh, and I thought, like, as I'm collecting, what am I doing? Am I just going to buy everything and then just have a, a room full of cardboard? Or am I going to be able to share it? And just like your show, I mean, documenting this in a book or a series of books uh, is something that I think would be important. So we were talking before how there really isn't a great book from the 80s or 90s. Um, there's some vintage books that are pretty good, um, but no one's really done it well for the 80s and 90s. And so this book. I want to do one for baseball, one for basketball, one for football, and essentially talk about the evolution of cards. And so from 1980 to 2000, I think was the golden era. You've talked before about how really 97, 98, 99, 2000 were incredible years, and some of the best cards came out of that. Um, and then from there, it kind of you know, fizzled out. It was a lot more game use stuff, uh, and then it's evolved to what it is now, which is just very simple, and, and the inserts will just never be the same. Um, so the book will be that evolution and it will talk about from just regular base cards to then, you know, glossy to subsets to inserts to autographs to gold stamps to holograms to artist proof and first day issue and like all the way through to where it did. You know, the, this is the first game use here, uh, game use jersey set from football. Um, I'm actually fairly close to the set. I only need a couple more. Wow. Um, Those are sick, man. And so like, yeah, the, the rice and the another merino the white merino the uh i mean these are like cards that and this is this is for sure my favorite uh, i met barry sanders at the national 2015 and um so i think i need like rashan salam another <laughs> rice in the montana and then 97 like i said you know this was was that but again like and then on the baseball side like i showed before this is the griffey which is like i think you go 89 upper deck uh, like I showed before as well, but like the 89 upper deck is probably the most iconic Griffey. Yeah. And then I think it's probably the, the mantle dual autograph 94 upper deck. Uh, and then I do think that this Jersey is, is probably like the top five most iconic Griffey's. Yeah. So, you know, so, so capturing that, documenting that and finding ways to tell that story for each sport, I think is great. And so you get guys like you and Nat and some of these other like insane collectors on Instagram to help curate these stories for basketball uh and then you know for me on the football side i have a a pretty good lock but there's some other good guys uh but then you find people like the arenas you know and the arenas are those designers from you know gene and earl and and they're from fleer and skybox in the 90s and they have an incredible story of how they got hired in 1990 and were really they were really the ones that are responsible for for the rubies and and all the pmgs and stuff so um, I've been connecting with Jean Moore, and she's just an incredible woman who has great stories. And uh, her husband, as you know, I told you this before, but her husband designed specifically Earl designed the Scoring Kings, which to me is a top five iconic Jordan card. Um, and she'll tell you more of those those stories. But you know, you're going to see in the book, you're going to see you know from the '80s to 2000. So you have, you know, the Jordan rookie. <laughs> I may or may not have four. Oh, I don't know you had these cards. Yeah, I mean, I have a little basketball. So uh, the Jordan rookie was something that I never thought I'd own. So now to have four of them, I'm right. really trying to document that, but also um, make sure that someone who could never get the Jordan rookie gets the Jordan rookie. And it doesn't mean they're going to pay full price for it. It just means that, you know, I'm a huge fan of things finding its rightful home. And, you know, and I think a lot of these Favre cards that I have, you know, they're not going to really be loved much better, you know, and I've connected with some some collectors of Favre and they just they're great dudes, but they're just not going to love it as much as me, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I just I mean, they probably will love it a lot. But same with you with Penny, right? Yeah, like, it's, the same, yeah. it's just no one's going to love it as much as you. And so when you overpay for it or, you know, Grant hits you up and or I mean, now the whole Nat and everybody are like, yo, they find a penny and they hit you up first, probably. Yeah. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. So, um, 
But yeah, with that said, why don't you open that package? Talk about a rightful home. Let's uh, let's get into that. So I have literally no idea what this is. <laughs> so you sent me this package, uh, like you overnighted it, right? Because you sent it Thursday, I and I got it yesterday. You're gonna have to blur out those addresses. I will do that. You don't you don't want people showing up at your doorstep. You hear it just like ripping and stuff. Yep, that's good. That's good for the show, Josh. You're gonna have to edit the five minutes of. Okay, now I know. What... I like it. I like it. This is good. The anticipation will, will people will dig it. I think I know what it is. We talked about this a while back, like when we I think when we first met. Which a lot has happened since then. You're now collecting Sun's pennies, which is a whole different ballgame. Alright, so I'm not gonna open it yet, so I'll show the box. It's a Nike shoe box. A little beat up. It's beat up, and that's okay. That's, I mean, it's making it more interesting, right? Yeah. What? Dude. No way. Those are for you, man. Come on, man. No way. Yes, sir. Those are in person, aren't they? Yep. Look at that. Anthony Penny Hardaway. Wow. So, holy shit, man. Grab the other shoe. He signed the other one, too. No way. He signed the toe. He no signed way. the toe. There it is. Wow, right? Look at that. Good stuff. Dual. The dual auto sneaker, which is very rare. And then different locations. Let's get, the, yep. let's get them both on there. It's a good look. Dude, thank you. That is such a nice... That's an amazing gift. Yeah, it's. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, I think... So I told you before when I met Penny, I met Penny on December 6th of 2014 and he was at SneakerCon and so I brought a couple pairs. And so I have the the Penny 2, the Atlantic Blue Penny 2 signed and I also got that pair. And I didn't know you at the time obviously, but uh, as we kept talking, especially they match your PMG red, so that's a good look too. I'll, I'll, I'm going to display it I think with the red, you know, the PMG. I dig it. That's sick, yeah, I met man. him and I met him and, and uh, like I said, I mean, I'm a huge fan of things finding their rightful home. You know, so yeah, I mean, just an iconic sneaker. Got this the is back in the bubbles. Yeah, big. Yeah, so I, uh, happy birthday or yeah. Merry Christmas, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, I'm just a huge fan of that experience of like those shoes are just better served in your house, you know, and in your collection. I mean, I I already have a signed pair, and so you, I could probably flip those for a grand or more or something, but I don't. I, that's not important, and I got them from Penny, so. Um, the full Anthony Penny Hardaway signature though is pretty wild. Yeah. I feel like that's uh, that's a good look. Those are yeah the, the Anthony Penny Hardaway. It's usually it's always like you know now he does the the Anthony and he used to do the Penny right. So it's crazy yep. to see them both at the same time and the number one. And the cool thing is like I got those in person. I know the exact date. You know I have a selfie with Penny. The whole thing. So like the story behind getting those when I fairly about a, I was about a year into me moving to New York, and um, I honestly when I first got them I'm like some lucky dude is going to get these because I just, I was never going to sell them, you know? And, uh, as we kept talking and I was like, you know what, these with your penny collection, knowing, you know, how big of a fan you are, I feel like that's a, and now he's coaching, like yeah, he's relevant crazy. again. Now he's back in the, in the mix. So, so, you know, the, you know, the shelf in my, some of my videos I film in my house and I have my shelf behind, I'm going to definitely put those there. This, these will be in cool. all the future videos. I dig it. I dig it, man. That's freaking awesome, dude. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, uh Go ahead. You just yeah, you threw me off now. Now I'm like, uh, <laughs> come on now, get it, get it back, get here. it together get it here, right? Yeah. Um, um, sorry. Okay. Tell me, you didn't really touch on it, so I'm gonna go back to it. Uh, tell me about like the the players that you're agents for, and they, like what they think of your card collection. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So like any like anything, um, you know, the guys I work with they're not big collectors, but um, specifically, you know, my first client was Harrison. Like I said, and and he uh, he debuted. He initially got drafted by the Panthers, um, and uh, got cut. Was on the practice squad. He competed with Graham Gano, and then the Chiefs picked him up for Week Four last year. And in his debut, he he missed his first kick, and then he made a, a couple kicks, and then he ended up hitting the game winner on Monday Night Football. I remember that game. And so it was uh, it was pretty wild, and and that's what this photo is too, which is nice. It's a uh, it's a great look, but. Um, you know, he doesn't fully understand cards, but I think he appreciates, you know, when he was a kid, he was a fan of the Atlanta Falcons and Mike Vick and some of these guys. So he understands the memorabilia, but a lot of these guys, I mean, they just play football and they just roll and, and they don't really think about it. But we've done some cool stuff with 8x10s and uh, T-shirts and autographed cards and stuff. But um, 
I don't think the guys I work with really understand how heavy into it I am. I mean, this this episode will probably help them see that. Um, They'll be scared. But I think, well, I think part of this is that, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me with this, with doing the book and like starting to collect again is showing people what it's all about and sure. and it's not just these nerds collecting cardboard i mean these are some of the most passionate dudes and, and women on the planet that collect things that are meaningful to them and i think uh everybody has what that is some people it's their families i mean family's very important to me that's why i do like the the family of you know clear <laughs> ultra uh gold medallions like i just i love this i'm a completionist like you as well so um but you know there's different aspects of your life that that uh are part of the hobby and what I always try to do is just educate people on, you know, this isn't, yeah, we're all nerds for sure. I embrace that. It's cool. I'm, I'm obsessed with cardboard and, and sneakers. And, um, but I think when they hear the story and they hear and they really understand, um, you know, when they really understand what it is and how it works and the nuances, they're like, wow, that's super interesting. Right. And so, you know, we did a signing with Harrison last year and, and, you know, we had like 125 people show up and I was like, man, this is like full circle. This is when I met Brett Favre and, you know, it started everything. So some of these kids now they're DMing Harrison and they're emailing us and they're talking to us and you see these kids, you're like, wow, that's the 10 year old me. Right. You know? And so they start understanding that, well, it's just my autograph. Well, no, it's the experience of meeting him, shaking his hand and then getting an autograph card. Um, ironically, when I was in Kansas city, the next day, Bo Jackson was signing as well. So I went and met Bo, uh, a couple of my buddies, they got a sneaker signed and I didn't have a sneaker with me cause I didn't know he'd be there. But I don't think some of the athletes really understand how much these people, including us, care. Like, if you showed Penny your collection, there's no way he would know what a PMG is. <laughs> you know, like, you could put up that and, like, a regular, like, you could put up, like, a Jordan, like, a this, and then, like, some crazy stuff that's worth ten grand. And a lot of athletes might be like, yo, that, that gold one's actually more dope. I like that one. <laughs> they just don't know, right? And so I, I think part of this is educating them. Um, but the, the guys I work with, I don't think they know I'm in this heavy. Um, and that's okay because some guys may not be interested. They're just like, wow, I trust Jordan on, on this, you know, card thing or this memorabilia thing. So, uh, but in, in that I've met, you know, friends now I have friends from upper deck and Panini and, and tops. And so, you know, you try to shape this. I think it's important for us guys like you and I and Nat and, and Grant and everybody really to put our ideas together and then approach these brands and approach PSA and, and help them understand. And, and honestly, like, you know, Gene and Earl, arena are they're not being used you know they're not being leveraged and and um so i'm actually helping them i'm trying to help them uh find their way back in uh, because they have so much knowledge and insight um and guys like us just have that and and so it's a, it's a really cool spot to be in as an agent to bring some of our knowledge and our ideas and our passion to an industry that uh, that in my opinion has otherwise gotten fairly stale over the last 15 years yeah totally um so i know all everyone watching heard you say East Bay, you work there, Kevin Durant and Michael Jordan and some other names. So I, I think everyone's gonna be mad if I don't ask for something. Yeah, so you'll appreciate the KD story initially. I'll tell you, MJ, I gotta be a little careful with that. But with KD, so my job at East Bay was to get the cover athlete, right? And so it was to facilitate photo shoots, work with agents and players and, and even the brands to do that. And Nike wasn't cooperating too well. <laughs> and uh, so I went down to Kevin Durant's basketball camp and it was July of 2011 and I just sat with him and I was talking to him and he's like, oh, I love East Bay, man. Couldn't afford that, but I love East Bay and uh, fortunate to be friends with the CEO of the camp company that was running it and his name's Greg. He's a great guy and uh, he's like, yeah, Jordan, whatever you need. You know, we did kind of a, a partnership and a sponsorship with East Bay and so I was there and I was just hanging with KD and you're kind of trying to get to know him because ultimately I'm going to ask him if he wants to be on the cover Right. and so... Um, get talking to him I interviewed him it was cool he was very young he had just won the scoring title but you know still very young and, and this was in Austin Texas where I was and they had these cards of I think it was 2011 prestige for the kids it was like for the campers to open and so there was a big box of them and they were just for prizes if they won a free throw contest or something like that and KD and I are sitting there it's him and his buddies and we start opening packs and he's like I don't really know much about cards or what but like I know I got a deal and this and that and we started ripping packs and he started grabbing them and putting his starting five. There were like eight cards in the pack and he would put his starting five and then three reserves, right? <laughs> it was pretty fun. So I sat and ripped cards with him and his buddies for three straight hours. Wow. And 
the camp CEO came over because one of the contests got over and the kid won. And he came over and said, hey, you got any cards? Katie looks at him and goes, nope, we ripped them all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it was crazy. It was I have a photo of that, actually. I'll, I'll send it to you. But um, So I sat and ripped cards with Katie and his buddies for like four hours. And then I said um, he actually pulled a card of himself and he signed it. I still have it, which wow. is just – a really cool like memory, right? Right. And yeah. then he signed my he signed my KD three, so I have some signed shoes from him. Um, and then at the end, I was like, "Hey man, you want the cover cover of East Bay?" He's like, "Hell yeah, man, make that happen." So we ended up shooting Kevin Durant for fifteen hundred dollars in gift cards. Wow. And Nike was pissed, but KD was happy, and then uh, it all worked out. But it was funny because a few months later, we ended up shooting doing a photo shoot with him in, in Oklahoma City, and. Uh, I was like, do I bring cards? Like, you know, we rip cards. Do I bring them? That's or is that thing. weird? That's is that weird? Now. I don't know. No, yeah. And I didn't bring cards because I was like, I'm just going to be professional and everything. <laughs> he was mad and he, about it. He, he gets there and he meets everybody. He's like, hey, how's it going? He meets everybody, looks at me. First thing he says, yo, you bring cards? <laughs> and I was like, ah. No. I didn't bring cards. But, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but it was it was cool. He was super cool. I worked with him again after that. Um, but you know, now to see his journey and like, you know, he, he's one of the most humble, gracious athletes I've ever worked with. And, and he's the kind of guy, I think he loves the game more than anyone. And so, uh, I have picked up some KD rookies, nothing high end, but, um, I try to have a rookie or two of every, every athlete I've worked with. Um, you know, at least if I, if I enjoyed the experience, um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. And, and, uh, now to see him go do what he's doing is, is really, you know, cool to see. Cause you know how much he loves it and he is a, a really cool guy. So um but yeah to, to rip cards with a you know a, a stud like that is it and it was very odd he's like oh yo i got me you know and he yeah. sold it up like could i can you sign that he's like yeah sure it's really funny so, that that's you know, the first are, thing he asked you though i know and Where i was are the like cards, dude? Oh. he's like yo you bring cards i'm like <laughs> oh man brutal but you know if, also if you bring cards you know you don't want to be like yo why are you trying to bring cards you know like yeah. you just never know you're sitting like, there he holding cool. them and he's like what are you doing exactly right and there's a very fine line between like you know, being professional and, but it was cool. And then the Jordan thing was kind of an obscure thing. Uh, I can't get into too much detail, but I was very fortunate to work with him and, um, spent about 45 minutes with him. And, um, it was, it was incredible. I talked, you know, with him, talk sneakers, um, talk basketball, talk, you know, I said, I said, Hey man, you're single-handedly keeping the memorabilia industry in business. You know that, right? Yep. yep. And he goes, he goes, really? And I said, yeah. And he's like, Oh wow, it's good to hear. Cool. You know? And um, so it was, it was incredible. Like, you know, I can imagine if you go up to him at a golf outing, he's like, man, who are you? Like, what's the deal? But he was trapped uh, at kind of a signing with me for 45 minutes. And uh, it was it was great. You know, it was, my experience with him was good. Some people don't have the same, but I was lucky to, to have that. That's awesome, dude. Um, I'm out of questions, but if you want to just show cards or tell stories, like this is it's been an awesome interview. So I just kind of want to keep let you keep going. Yeah, I mean, so just to let me go into some baseball so like i said i mean i show these already but i think the griffey you know the griffey stuff is cool i do this is one of my favorite cards i own i mean i think this is just insane he's got that tall hat and and yeah. that swatch jersey and even then you know on the back they have like the actual date he wore it right um which is great um this is you know one of the beauties that the arenas did design i'm sure you remember that Oh, it's cool how baseball has the bottom. I'm kind of jealous. I know. It's weird that baseball, I have an Emmett Smith like this as well. The baseball and football have the bottom cut, but the basketball doesn't, which is actually a question I have oh. for them. It's very odd. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, on the, this is another one I have, you know, these, I love the, the anything flair from the 90s, which it was hot numbers in football, hot gloves. Uh, hot hands in football actually i have the farb of that which is i mean these are just unbelievable i mean the the die cut and the color i mean look at the how bold that it's just the color is so vivid yep this is where you nerd out like you know grown men talking about how vivid color is on a cardboard <laughs> but, you know this is our this is our art you know this is our this is when someone goes to an art gallery or a showing you know or a, an art studio this is to us you know and and we spoke about um you know, before we started recording, like just the SP, you know, the evolution. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is these book, the, the books that I'm writing and some of the stuff I'll show you here is the evolution from, let's say, 90 on was, you know, FLIR Ultra, right? So I love FLIR Ultra. It's something that um, 
and has a special spot in my heart. And I think, you know, this is kind of the, the family aspect I was telling you about is, you know, Fleer Ultra changed the game back in the day, you know, and it was just these basic cards, but they were incredible. And they had that gold stripe and the gold Fleer Ultra stamp, you know, really great imagery, you know, and even on the back, they, they really took a lot of time and detail yeah. to, to make these designs. It's not lazy. You know, now you see some lazy card designs. So, you know, that's the first year Ultra. And then the second year, I mean, these are all base cards, but as you know, just having all the, this is all the Ultra base cards of Jordan from, you know, from 92, 93. They, they skipped where he played baseball, but then it's 95. That one's awesome, dude. I love that one. Yeah, and then, of course, this is, I mean, this is, I love this. I mean, that Ultra, as you know, like, this is the Kobe gold medallion from that year. Um, love that. And then I also have the Iverson gold medallion from that year. So, like, I just, I'm, I love the Ultra stuff. I think it's really, really great. And then to cap it off, the 98 and then the 99, which was which was really awesome. But yep. um, like I said, and then you get, you know, some finest stuff. But, you know, then, like, to, to continue that, that kind of family aspect, you know, you have the gold medallion. They started doing that this year. And this is, uh, I've seen this one go for 100 bucks sometimes. It's pretty wild. And the gold medallion of that. You know, these are all pretty obtainable. But, like, having all of them, I think, is, is a special thing. And I think it's, I mean, to me, it's like, because it's complete, you know. It's it's right. just the, the Bulls uniforms with the, the gold medallion, and that's it. Yep. Um, so then on that side, you know, like I said, the refractors, I mean, those are all incredible. I think the, uh, I do have the three, the three main refractors on Jordan. That one's sick. Um, which are great. I love that one. That's just an eight. I'm probably going to crack that. I'm actually not a big fan of graded cards. Um, I respect it, like we've talked about, just because of the authenticity. You know, yeah. it, it authenticates it. But um, and then this is probably the one of the better ultra cards I have is just the the Jordan Platinum, Sick. Um, which that's a that's a beauty. Um, but you know, just to have that full Jordan and Kobe set, and then I do have the the full Favre as well. This is the Favre Platinum. It's numbered to 98, so that's from 98. That's in pretty good shape. Um, and then this is like a little obnoxious, but I have the Favre Platinum. I have four of the Favre Platinums, which is ridiculous. And I just, for some reason, I stumble on them. They're like 40 bucks, and I'm like, well, just get them. Because, I mean, you guys touched on this in a previous episode. Like, once some of these are gone and they're in our collections, I mean, these Favres, I have four of them. So if I found the right Favre collector, I would obviously get rid of one, two, or even three. But some of these cards, like, I mean, you know, I'll show you the, the PMG and the rubies I have, but this isn't going anywhere. I mean, this is literally either staying in my family forever or going to the Green Bay Packers. And so, you know, that's one less of 50 that you'll have a chance to find. Right. Um, Favre, as you know, I mean, in any sport, these just don't pop up very much. And uh, my friend Brent was, was cool enough to, to sell me a few of these rubies, actually. So, you know, that, you I know you guys are suckers for the rubies and the, and the uh, PMG. So this is uh, that last one was 97. This is 98. This one's out of 50 as well. Suckers is an understatement. Well, you guys are all you guys all love that, but you're in the competitive the competitive sport of basketball. This one's out of 30. This is uh this is the 99 number 23 of 30. And then the uh, I just I'm big on 90. So excuse me. After the 2000s, I didn't I wasn't in it number one, so the cards aren't as nostalgic. But then this is 2000, so I have 97, 98, 99, 2000 rubies, which is, um, I don't know, you guys love those. But I also, once I have these, now that's it. And then the 98, this one's out of 50 as well. You guys know these very well. And the, the beauty is these are cheaper than basketball. You know, you're paying, the, <laughs> the funny thing is what I paid for this, you know, Grant probably paid for the Sean Elliott in basketball, <laughs> you know, which is which is wild. And then this is one of my favorite cards. This is the, the red PMG and a nine nice. and, um, you know, out of one fifty as you know, but I'm see, I'm not even super hyped on trying to get the, the green, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's fine, but it's also like, is it really worth five G's? Like I just, I, I can't see it, but I also understand how you, you're just wrong. You guys, sir. You're just wrong. It's fine. <laughs> you guys lust over that. Um, <laughs> look at my shirt. I think if, well, you got you got your your uh, your signed pennies that uh, you know that that take care red. of right. yeah to match your red. But um, and then just I'm just thinking through like I think the biggest I don't know if it's an accomplishment, but like what I'm most proud of is is to go back and get some of the rookie cards you know that I couldn't get when I was a kid. And so I think that's like 
the most fun. And, and honestly, like there's cards like like this Skybox card, which is 94 Skybox. It's literally worth like a quarter. Right. That has more value to me than you know a really high end insert of far because I just didn't have it. Yeah. And so I think that's the important thing is to, and we always talk about it, kind of buy what you love or buy what makes sense. Um, you know, to you, it's it's just a different ball game. But a lot of these cards are super nostalgic. I think this is probably my favorite card. This is the I always loved Skybox autographics, but you know, I didn't even notice it's jersey numbered the first time. Yep, that. jersey number. Wow, it's a beauty. You know, and that's like uh, your what do they call it? eBay one of one. Yeah. Um, no, but this is a card that you know with that with that kind of. Um, you know, there's only 100. He actually didn't have a base card of this in this set that he autographed. So just being out of 100 is cool. But, you know, Favre had a deal with Skybox back in the day. So Favre's deal with Skybox included, um, you know, he was on the packaging and, and he did all these leather cards and all this crazy stuff. So it was definitely a, a big uh, a big thing for me to see that and it was super impressionable and, and it did lead to a lot of this stuff. But like I said, I mean, everything we're doing with collecting, I think, you know, this show that you've done is – a catalyst for us all to move the industry forward. And I think, I really do think we have a responsibility to um, find the younger version of us and, and to help them. You know, a guy like Sam is, is great. Cause he's, he's like a sponge. He's super knowledgeable. He's, but he's also like willing to learn. And um, like he said, he's like, I don't know anything about nineties, but you know, I'm going to send him some nineties cards because you know, it's good to know like where you've been, where you are and where you're going. I know that's very cheesy, but uh, ultimately, like now for me, the goal is the book, right? So I got into collecting and now I'm like, as we, we, I really do think it's a we, as we create these books, uh, I think we're able to, to leave behind something special that, you know, somebody in a hundred years could grab that book and be like, like us with the 1950s, we can read up on some of these players, like the mantle, you know, I got a friend who's got the mantle and he's obsessed with it. And I'm like, dude, 1952, like you were negative 40 years, you know, it's like something crazy, you know? Um, whereas I collect a lot of stuff that I was alive for, you know? And I think if nobody documents this stuff, like you and I and Nat and some of these guys and Grant and everybody pooling our knowledge, if we don't document this, this, this knowledge is going to disappear. And, uh, and so I think now with the internet, with Instagram, with video, um, and with it being so easy to take photos, you know, with an iPhone, I do think we have an opportunity to, to leave something cool behind for the hobby. Uh, and I also think a lot of older guys that I've talked to already are like, man, I want that book. Like you tell me, you know, you tell me when that's ready. I'm gonna buy three copies, you know, right. because they lived through it and they probably put, took out a second mortgage on their house to, to buy the Meguiar's, you know? So, um, so that's been the cool thing. Just like your show, everybody I've talked to about the book has been very positive and, and, uh, willing to contribute and Hey, what can I do? You know, tell me what you need. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the goal is to get people's cards. I don't want it to be all high end. I really want it to be the full evolution. Um, but I think we're, we're on our way. The goal is 2020 for the book. So great. We, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think you said it best when you said we have a responsibility, like there's books from the fifties and they didn't have, you know, near the technology that we have today to be able to distribute this knowledge. So it's totally on us to make it happen. And the book I think is a fantastic idea. So I'm, I'm I, full I appreciate support. it. Thank you. I think, you know, for us, we DM is the new email, you know, we're DMing each other left and right. And, and I think again, it's like, Grant, you told a story about how Grant helped you get that penny PMG, and it really is indicative of what what the hobby can be. And you know, Grant seems like a great guy, and and even Nat and these guys that are just trying to help others, you know. And that's that really is kind of the mission here is to educate others and educate athletes and educate people that maybe don't have the knowledge they need, but we're able to take all this and bring it together and then distribute it. You know, whether you do or I do or whoever does. But the hope is that the brands and the collectors and and even the actual athletes start to really understand. Sure. Um, I see Tops just did a thing with Bryce Harper where he kind of curated the entire collection, and it's amazing. You know, it's a really it's like Harper's heroes, and he's like has Griffey and all these guys that he looked up to, and I think that's important for these brands to to get even deeper. I I believe like a Panini, who say they do a, a signing with like Deshaun Watson they spend an hour signing cards and then all the employees just want to get selfies and stuff. And I'm like, why don't you invite the fans? You know, I, I feel totally. like, yeah. imagine if Penny was doing a signing and they were like, yo, Josh, you like, you should come through. What? Excuse me. Like, but that loyalty to Penny that you have is, is then rewarded. Right. So right. Uh, I think things will change. I think as the younger regime and, and kind of guys like us really do 
um, not just play around and collect, but we actually, you know, have a, a purpose and a mission to move it forward, um, which I, I know a lot of these guys are trying to do by helping the authentication uh, and helping, you know, just clean things up. I think it's been a little bit of a dirty industry for for a while since I was a kid. And and now for us to, to actually be catalyst for good, I think is a really it's a really powerful thing that uh, I think future generations probably don't even understand. But uh, I think we'll we'll be catalysts and historians that I think have a, a great opportunity to, to change things. Couldn't agree more, man. You said it perfectly. So I'll just I'll leave it at that. I do want to say again one more time. Amazing, dude. I mean, you, you already know, like, this thing's going to mean 10 times to me what it's going to mean to someone else in their collection. And I, you know, I have this amazing story that I opened it on camera, and, like, it's the story behind it, right? It's not just the – I could have just, you know, gone on eBay and bought one or something, right? I could have, like, found a, something signed, but it's, like, it's going to mean 10 times more, right? For sure. I mean, I think the, the takeaway from that is that, you know, people are watching, you know, and people are paying attention. And it's funny, when I met Sam at a card show – in New York, the the guys he was with, he's like, he said, "Hey guys, Jordan recognized me from the the podcast," <laughs> and they were like, "Wait, what?" Because they're doubting it, and they're like, "Come on, that's nothing. It's got a few hundred views, this and that," and they don't understand. Like people are watching, you know. And and I do think that we have that responsibility to to nurture our relationships and find ways to maximize, right? Like I think what I enjoy is that penny that day I got those signed I had no idea what I was doing I was just I got my pair and I was cool and I said well I happen to have this other pair let me get it signed but that those found their rightful home and that you now have a story that you can show your son and the world will kind of see right and different collectors will understand that this really isn't about me this isn't about you it's really about like the universe finding things that will be appreciated right, right. and one of my favorite quotes is appreciation is the currency of success you know, and and I wouldn't have given you those shoes unless I knew they'd be fully appreciated. And uh, I'm sure you'll get off camera and stare at them for ten minutes. So, <laughs> I, you're saying uh, words, but I, I just see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew that would be the case. I was like, when should I give them to him? Because 